Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday sermon message. Um, This is where we share God's Word, where we um, study, learn, and abide in our daily walks, in our personal journeys, as we walk along the path with Christ. If there is one thing that I know for sure, it is there is our way, and then there is God's way. Father, I Come humbly before you as your servant, as your errand boy, as someone that you have ordained, predestined, and called to deliver your word to your people. Father, I ask that you use me as a vessel to do just that, that you get the glory, and I'm just your mouthpiece to share your word, your commands your ways, your knowledge, your wisdom, and most importantly, your message of love, your your unconditional, abiding, infinite love that you have for us, your creations, man, despite who we are and what we do, for being the perfect parent, for loving us when nobody else will. God, I just, I thank you for this opportunity. I pray that this word finds its way into minds and the hearts of your people that you determine that it should be received by and that they receive it and embrace it and that it helps them to know you and develop a closer relationship with you, that their lives may be spared and peaceful and blessed. This we ask and pray in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk today about feeling rejected, dejected, or alone. If we've lived long enough, there's pretty good chance that you'll have experienced at least one of those. Hopefully not all, but more than likely it's 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 possible. Today's text is taken from the book of Psalms, the 27th chapter, the author in this passage is believed to be David again, known in God's words as a man after God's own heart. Unlike Moses and Abraham, who were much older when God first spoke to them, David was just an adolescent when he performed his first miracle his first act of bravery for God, and that is in killing uh, the giant Goliath. This passage of Scripture, while not completely clear, is speculated to be written at a time before David became king on the throne, while in the midst, in the middle of his troubles, around uh, the time both his parents had passed away. Another theory, thought, belief, is that it was written near the end of his life in his old age. It 
suppose potentially may not have been written in any special occasion at all, other than we know that David is believed to be the author. One thing we know is that David had an adventurous and tumultuous life filled with lows and bitter pain. In addition to the benefits on the other extreme where he ruled as a great king over kingdoms. So throughout David's life, he has had many successes, undeserved challenges, things he didn't bring upon himself. Yes, there were some that we know that he did. And, and also from that end, also significant personal failures in the, in the way of sin, yet he endured. All of this is important to point out as it adds context to these scriptures. Uh, David, in many ways, can be like one of us in varying respects. So if we look at, I'm going to read some of the uh, scriptures from this uh, Psalms 27 uh, now, and then I'm going to include some in, in, in the text later. So we're going to start with verse 1 of Psalms 27 from the NIV. It says, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm going to skip down to verse 4. One thing that I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me up high on a rock. And verse 6, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. And I want to jump down to, to verse 10. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. So the title topic for today is God the Parent. God the Parent. It, it should come as no surprise that in this life there will be many challenges. If you lived long enough, you've experienced them. Whether you brought them on yourself or not, they are there. They're ever-present. We will not, I'm going to state the obvious, make it out of this life without experiencing adversity regardless of if we deserve it or not. We have no doubt come to expect certain challenges and hardships that we caused by making bad decisions. It can become really disheartening However, when bad things happen to us through no fault of our own or as a result of any decision we made or action that we took, relationships that turn sour for no apparent reason, mistreatment we receive that we didn't invite nor did we deserve, life events that feel like gut punches seemingly coming out of nowhere that just don't make sense. 
why did that happen? I, I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm living the best that I know. Not perfect, but why, God? The stinging feeling of rejection by those whom we love or are supposed to love. That may all be true and your experience, but take heart. It's not for a loss. I want to encourage you to be brave. God is pleased when we are brave in our faith, bold in our belief, and committed to standing firm on his word. To know that we know that we know. As with any relationship, we treasure, or at least we should, when others trust us, when they could choose otherwise. It, it speaks to the level of closeness and, and the meaning of that relationship when, when trust is, is present. So extending trust can say to the other party that you value and you appreciate them, up to even loving them. So in our relationship with God, trusting him shows to him, demonstrates to him that we value and appreciate, and yes, even love him. When it doesn't make sense, when it's hard, when you don't want to go on, but you believe anyhow. There's a song called Hallelujah Anyhow. When you put praise before whatever it is that you're dealing with, that is a powerful, potent conversation. We often get it in the uh, reverse. Well, fix this and then I'll praise. That's not how it works. Praise is the seed that we plant to grow into the tree that provides the shade if we're hot. One metaphor. In Psalms 27, I'm going to read verse 1 through 3 from the Amplified. Verse 1 in the Amplified. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise, uh, war arise against me, even then, in this, I will be confident. So he, here is King David is, is sharing with us his unchanging devotion to God, regardless of the circumstances circumstances his unrelenting faith that no matter the situation no, no matter the challenge and no matter what he does right or wrong god has his back he he shares here that when we are pursued by our enemies especially those enemies made by our obedience in in our walk with Christ, having the mind of Christ and in the heart of God, especially those that we should not fear. We should remain confident in God's promise and protection. Know and stand firm on God's word, being confident in God. And even when the odds appear stacked against us in the face of what may be what may be impending doom 
when the, when the forces that are coming against us in the workplace, at the hospital, in the streets, at school, in the courts, from the IRS, let's make it real. And yes, even in some churches, unfortunately. We are to know, believe, and rest assured that no weapon formed against us will prosper. May cause pain. It may cause hardship. There, there may be challenges, but that weapon, its intended purpose to harm us, will not prosper. And you say, well, I don't care about that. I, I'm hurting. But you have God on your side. It's temporal. It's temporal this life. And even temporal in this life. We're not to suffer from birth to death. It's not God's plan. There, 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 there are times and, 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 and moments where we, we have a break. We have we, in another message, but we can have peace throughout that entire process. No enemy will ever face, we will ever face, will be greater, stronger, more skilled than, and able to defeat the God we serve. I'm going to say that again. No enemy we will ever face will be greater, stronger, more skilled, or able to defeat the God that we serve. The God's in, in us, that Holy Spirit. Consider opposition as an opportunity for you to show God your faith, your conviction. Learn to run towards your Goliath, armed with the faith of God. Know that God cares about you. We know that while man may be callous and mean, God cares about us. Life may treat us unkind and even brutally, but God knows how we feel, the pain we experience, the tears we cry, and the frustration at man we experience. In Psalms 27, verse 7 through 9, again in the Amplified, verse 7 says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Have mercy and be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face, inquire for, and require my presence as your vital need. My heart says to you, your face, your presence, Lord, will I seek, inquire for, and require of necessity and on the authority of your word. Hide not your face from me, turn not your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, cast me not off, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. So here David pleads his, his case, but, but in a way perhaps designed to encourage himself. Ask God as asking God as, as, as a reminder to, to have mercy in his pain, be, be gracious to him in his suffering, answer his servant David's petitions, and ask for his needs. As I covered in last week's message, there's a special meaning to having God's face shine upon you, the, the level and degree of, of attention and focus. Uh, 
resulting uh, favor upon our lives that comes from having God's face. The presence of God in our life, it's hard to put into words the, 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 the meaning of it, but it is an omnipotent thing. David, having been pursued by a jealous king, having been hunted by man, his, his friends turning their backs on him, knew firsthand what it meant for, for man to hide their face, to, to lose their presence and support in, in times of great need. David may also have been expressing his deep remorse for his sin that he committed. Thinking that God would turn away from him in anger, he just wanted to be sure. The thing is, whenever David messed up, he would own his error. He would repent. He would ask for forgiveness and show genuine remorse. This is one of the things that made him a man after God's own heart. He did not want to lose God's favor or salvation. He, he knew what was at stake despite warring with his flesh. His spirit knew, his, his, his soul was well aware. One of the, again, many traits that made him, as, as God has said, a man after his own heart. So in, in Psalms 27, verse 11 and 12 in the Amplified, it says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain and even path because of my enemies, those who lie in wait for me. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me. They breathe out cruelty and, and violence. In, in perhaps the midst of his trials, or even if it were near the uh, sunset of David's life, he respectfully sought God's direction for his life, even as a ruler of many kingdoms, a powerful king who could have anything he wanted, he knew that there was only one path. He knew that there was only one way, God's way. He, he sought divine discernment and direction from God in plain and understandable terms to guide and lead him. This isn't some mystical scientific calculation, got to figure out, stand on one toe, hop on the left foot. It, it's written down and made plain. Isn't that hard for us to, to grasp? And the concepts may be hard to do from a flesh standpoint, but it is not that difficult to understand. So he's not relying on his own strength and knowledge in the face of enemy attack, but instead going to the general of generals, the leader of leaders, the king of kings for direction and protection against his ferocious, bloodthirsty enemies. David knew where his source of strength comes from, and it was not man. The last point I want to make is this. Be encouraged. Perhaps this is the, the, most, the most potent verse of the, of the passage of the scripture of the 27th Psalm, Psalms, Psalms 27. It's, it's the one that, that speaks to his being God's child. 
in, in Psalms 27:10 in the Amplified, it says, Although my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up, adopt me as his child. So how often in life have we been hurt by those we love? God's got us. No matter if you never knew your parents, they have written you off, wanting nothing to do with you, they have rejected you, or they have passed away. I want you to know, if you find yourself in that position, that you are not, nor have you ever been, nor will you ever be an orphan. You have a parent, a father. God is the parent. In, 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 in Psalms 22 and 10, in the New International Reader's Version, it says, From the time I was born, you took good care of me. Ever since I came out of my mother's body, you have been my God. So you have the parent of parents, a parent above every other parent, a parent who loves you, which is infinite and without limitation, a parent who knows you better than you know yourself, knows every good and, more importantly, every bad thing about you, yet still loves you, still desires more than anything to have a relationship with you, a parent so loving that he created and sacrificed his only begotten son, himself in the flesh, so that you can be saved, your sins forgiven, receive the gift of salvation and eternal life that he wants to spend every day with you. No rejection, no dejection, no desertion. While the use of parents here, I suspect, is to demonstrate God's level and degree of commitment as many relationships can go south, but it takes a lot for a parent to forsake a child. And God is sending the message here that even in the face of the worst possible case scenario, he is still here for you and will remain forever as there is nothing that you can do that will change that. You are not unlovable to God. You are not worthless to God. You are not just a bad person to God. You are not hopeless to God. You are not throwaway to God. No matter what you've done, where you've been, what has occurred in your life, God still loves you. God is your parent. God is and will always be there for you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to invite you over for the holiday dinner and have you sit right there at the table. And bring your friends. <laughs> he loves them too. They're also his children. What kind of world would we have if every parent were as perfect, powerful, knowledgeable, and loving as God? Hmm. 
there's a cure for the majority of the world's woes. I'm going to close with this. In Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14 in the Amplified, it says, What, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Wait and hope for and expect the Lord be brave and of good courage, and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. So here David shares with us the outcome of his believing in and trusting God, a testimony of his having benefited from the very protections and favor sought earlier in this passage. David implores us to have hope, to, to wait on the Lord, expecting him to deliver us instead of running off in fear, trying to do it on our own. To have courage, be steadfast, and remain faithful, knowing God will come through for us as he promised he would. It, it should be understood as a word of caution to avoid doubting, and the actions doubt would have us to take. David is trying to persuade us here to not depend on our own devices and wisdom when facing the most difficult of circumstances or opposition, believing not in ourselves, lest we might perish. That's what he's saying. I, would, I wouldn't be here if I had relied on myself, had I not depended on God. It should be seen as both words and evidence of encouragement to wait have hope and expect. God cares more about your well-being than you could ever imagine. God is a responsible parent who will never leave, forsake, or let you down. God will never turn his face from you or remove his presence. God has an abundance of good things in store for you that he will Keep your enemies at bay, preventing them from devouring you. They will not change or disrupt his plans. It's going to be, if it's God's plan, it's going to be. All that and, and more are available to you free of charge. It's not a matter of his choice, but yours. Father, I, I, I thank you for this time of coming together, of abiding, of communion, of serving up once again the feast of your word, the knowledge, the wisdom. There's so much that we can be gained, that we can gain to be learned from reading and understanding and studying your word. You have given us the manual. You have provided us with all that we need to live fulfilling lives that produce good fruit. And God, you are a loving parent. You, 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 you do it certainly with, with, with discipline and, and, and expectations, but always, always, always with love. You make us to feel valuable when the world screams at us we are worthless. You provide us comfort when we are miserable. You provide us protection when we are unfairly attacked. And you even have mercy 
on us and spare us when we have invited those attacks. You're still there. You still love us. You have shown and proven yourself to be faithful in and with your unconditional love. How could we not want to accept that invitation to a relationship with you, to abide, to have you as our Heavenly Father? In the absence of any type of a parent, you are there for us. You have provided. You have provisioned. You have not forsaken us. And you've shown that and continue to do so. We really have no excuse. You've taken that away. You've answered the need. You've provided. And we thank you for that. And God, I ask for those that don't know you, who haven't been introduced to you, who don't have that relationship with you, who don't have that parent of parents that they can rely upon. I ask that they pray this prayer with me that will open up the door, that will create the bond, the everlasting eternal bond with you. They may live a life that is fulfilling, that is not one that where they are lost, but they feel found and loved and comforted and valued by you. And there is no better than you, God. I pray that they pray this prayer with me. And it's called the sinner's prayer. And it goes like this. God, I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son, Jesus, gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place, paying the price for my sin, and rose again that I might be saved. I ask that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. And God, we pray this prayer in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you took the time to pray that prayer. You have accepted Christ into your life. Today is a new day. It is a new beginning. It is a clean slate. It is an opportunity for you to have a heavenly parent, someone that cares about you, a relationship that supersedes and is greater than any relationship you would ever have here on earth. I, I would strongly encourage you to study, to immerse yourself in God's Word, to abide closely in that relationship, that you may be prepared to deal with life's challenges, life's enemy attacks. Having made that decision, there will be those that are irritated, their demons are irritated by your good spirit, the spirit that resides within you. Prepare yourself, equip yourself, abide, learn, study, grow, get in the word. I only have one thing to ask of you, and that's this. If you wouldn't mind, would you share this message with someone, perhaps a friend, a family member, someone you know, could be a stranger, might even be your enemies, that need to hear this word someone that you think could benefit from it. And even if you're unsure, if you feel any leading or prompting, 
Please send it. Please, please share it. The whole point of doing this is to get God's word out to his people so that they can live uplifted. They can live up to their fullest potential. They can live a, a, a life of peace. That's why I'm doing this. No other reason or purpose other than being called by God. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> when the Father asks you to do something, it's best to do. Will you, will you share this with someone, please? I thank you in advance, and I appreciate you for doing that. I thank you for joining. We appreciate your love and support. And I hope you can join us again next Sunday for next Sunday's message. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's word and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www.gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.